Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to our sixth episode of Noise Chat. Today we're going to go over some different things that just stuck out to me when I was in Norway. There's a lot of different things where I would just look and say, oh, I just didn't realize. And it's one of those things that you can't necessarily just look up in a book because you wouldn't think to think of it. So I'm just going to go over a random list of different things that came to my head when I thought, what are some things that when I was there, I just went, oh, and like a light bulb went off in my head and I realized that's kind of different. That's kind of weird. I should probably remember this and tell someone else. So being from the U.S., I know this is probably not that big of a deal compared to someone who lives in a European country, but one thing that I noticed that stuck out to me was that everyone, whenever I went in a car, drove a stick shift. And for most people, I mean, in the U.S., we don't use a stick shift. We have automatic cars. The only time you really see someone using a stick shift is with a sports car or a truck. In Norway, most of the time, everyone has a stick shift. It has become more popular now to get an automatic car, but most of the time, people still use a stick shift. And I don't know if that's just because of the weather, because they do have extreme weather there, which we do too, but they have a more intense driving course to get their license, and it takes almost a year, and they have to drive in all different terrain. So I don't know if driving a stick shift is necessarily just a part of you need to learn how to do this, or it's just a societal norm, but that's one thing that I for sure noticed because it hit me that even though they drive on the same side that we do, they drive on the right side of the road. I probably couldn't drive while I'm there because I don't know how to drive a stick shift. I've just never tried. And going on with cars, most of the time they don't have any cars that stuck out to me as a car that we had here. I'm not a big car person, so I can't just spew out facts about it, but our cars I feel like are rounder and theirs are very boxy. And a lot of the cars that I saw were black, where in the US we have a lot of black cars too, but I just felt like we had more variety. Where there they kind of almost remind me more of stage wagony cars, or then it just jumped to more of kind of like a mix between a four-door and then just like a, a SUV. Because in Norway you can't drive big vehicles. Here you can have a big truck, huge, tires just decked out but there they don't allow it so you won't see any truck driving around you really will only see four-door cars the likelihood of you seeing even just like a big SUV is just so slim the only people who really have those are people who need it for business or a farm and I don't know but I'm guessing they probably have to pay some ridiculous tax on that and they say it's because of the roads it helps keep them I don't really know if that's why they do it but yeah you will not see a big vehicle while you're there so I know when all my Norwegian friends were here studying school that's what they wanted they wanted to drive a big old car so they got a big SUV and their dreams were fulfilled and so going on with that 
The big push in Norway for the type of car that people are driving is to move from a 100% gas-driven engine to driving a Tesla. And it's it's probably the number one thing that I heard over there was people talking about how they want to get a Tesla. That's like their new family upgrade purchase type thing was, I want to get a Tesla. It's not just for the fact of pushing the eco-friendly part of it. It's that their country as well gives them a lot of benefits if they drive a Tesla. Cars in Norway are very expensive to begin with, but then on top of that, their country heavily taxes their vehicles. So it's kind of this ongoing battle of even if you can afford a car, the taxes are very high on it. And I did a little research. I'll try and link down below a few of the websites that I found for this, but Norway does offer a pretty big tax cut on the Tesla if you buy it. So the website that I found did a little price conversion in a Tesla. A Tesla Model S, I believe, is around 81 dollars to $92,000. Plus, you can get different options. But the benefits are a tax exemption up to the $91,000, so you're not really going to pay a sales tax associated when you purchase your car. Or they also give half the price of the after exemption, the MSRP. I don't know cars too well, so I'm not... 100% sure, but basically, if you buy the car, it seems like you're not paying that big tax that you would have if you bought a different car. And I also looked up a few things as well, and what I found was that they also do give other benefits just besides the price of the car. So you can use certain different, I guess, lanes. Maybe there's like a carpool bus lane that you can ride in if you get the Tesla along with pre-parking, tolls, that kind of thing. But along with that, since so many people are jumping on board, um, Ula has told me that the country has kind of started to wean off some of that just because there's so many people. So I don't know how long those perks are going to last for, but um, it would be kind of nice for my country to give me a few benefits like that. So... That's probably why I heard so much about the Tesla and how big it is. And I'm assuming now if I went over there after the big Tesla launch into space that it would probably be even bigger and more talked about. So that's kind of the gist on the car situation over there. Other than that, I mean, it's pretty similar to here. But I think it'd be kind of fun to move on from cars because I don't really know that much about it to animals because when I go somewhere foreign that's where my heart's at I'm like I want to see all the fun animals and fitness is pretty big over there and getting outside so we went on a lot of walks when I was there and bike rides and every single time we went outside I would look at the ground and there are just slugs all over the ground and I looked it up and I guess they're called Spanish slugs or Arian vulgaris I'm not really sure but they're everywhere and it like terrifies me because I don't want to squish them. But that's like something to keep in mind because where I live, I don't know if it's just the temperature, but we don't really have slugs on the ground. If we have anything, it's more worms like after there's a big rain or something. But we don't really get 
slugs. So I guess that's one thing to pay attention to is, like, expect there to be slugs. <laughs> and I know that their country has been trying to work on that. I think there's some people who are pushing to somehow maybe, like, spray for them or something. I'm not really sure, but pay attention to that. Watch your feet. Also watch your feet for wild hedgehogs, which is so cool. We were bike riding, and all of a sudden, I just see this little creature scurrying on out of a bush. And I'm like, what is that? And I look down, and it's got little spikes, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's a hedgehog. What is a hedgehog doing out here? I don't know if it's just me and being from the Midwest, but we don't have wild hedgehogs. I've never seen a wild hedgehog. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize, I just thought these were like exotic-ish pets that some people had. And then Lil looked at me like I was crazy because I've never seen a hedgehog. And then I was devoted for the rest of the trip. I'm like, I need to find a hedgehog and somehow I need to touch it. It didn't happen, but so keep your eyes out for a wild hedgehog and maybe your heart will be as fulfilled as mine was for seeing a wild hedgehog. <laughs> I also went to Norway in the winter time and I mean there there's pretty much you see the same stuff, deer and sheep. There's a lot of wild sheep bopping around. The farmers just kind of let them go. So you'll hear one sheep with a little cowbell on and then you'll just see a whole bunch of other ones around them, especially like more so in the, the countryside, not actually in like the heart and city of Oslo. But when we went up into the mountains, there was also wild um, moose signs hanging everywhere. And we had taken two cars up there, a group of us, so there was another group in front of us, and they had called us in our car saying, like, hey, watch out, we just went past this huge moose, because moose are very dangerous in Norway, and if you don't see them coming, they could just bulldoze you over, like, you can get, like, hurt really bad. If you imagine you're driving down a mountain on really narrow roads, it's icy, and you hit a moose, like, no thanks, no. <laughs> and I've heard stories also people running into moose in the wild and having to run and hide behind trees just because they don't want to get hit by a moose like so not that it's super common to just find a moose walking on the side of the road or something but if there's a sign saying hey there's typically moose around here keep your eyes peeled because that's probably not the way i want to i want to go out <laughs> is by a moose but yeah, let's see what else I have on my list here. Oh, roll-on deodorant. So that's another weird thing. People in America, we use lots of different type of deodorant. We, there's the gel kind, more of like a pressed powder, uh, like a roll-on and spray. And we just have lots of different options. But when I was in Norway, I remember looking at the shelf and there was only a handful of different options and scents. And they were all like a liquid roll-on. And some people probably use that all the time here, but I just never do. I'm more of a stick person. So I think that was kind of like a huh when I looked at it. And there wasn't that many options. So if I had forgotten my deodorant, that's something I probably would have had to use. You know, I wouldn't die, but I'm just not used to it. So if that's really not your thing, I would recommend packing your own deodorant if, if you're planning on bringing some because you're probably not going to find the one that you typically use there. 
especially in the scent. Everything seems really generic and basic and pretty much the same on every store that you go to. So, just a little tidbit, they use roll-on deodorant. Also, when it comes to feminine products, very limited as well. I brought my own, I just didn't want to have to deal with it when I went there, but I had been watching a YouTube video recently, if I can find it, it's about Germany, so I'm guessing European countries are all about the same when it comes to this, but if you're from America, ours come with an applicator, it's like a plastic tube, or sometimes it's cardboard, or, but in Norway, they don't come with an applicator, so when I had them, uh, I remember everyone was like, what is that? That looks so weird, and they had never really been exposed to that like they're just used to not having an applicator so they're like oh my gosh it looks like alien so and also I guess a lot of theirs are uh scented maybe I think is something that I saw I'm not really sure because I brought my own but I remember in the video that I watched they said that most of them are scented so if you're planning on going and you don't want to have to deal with using feminine products that don't have an applicator I recommend just bringing a box of your own because you're not going to find it. Like, they were shocked that we even had something that existed like that. Like, they'd never even seen it, really. So, yeah. That's just one of those weird things where it's, like, a heads up to you girls out there. Like, if you, if you, if you want the applicator, you better bring your own. Also, when shopping, things are a little bit different there because there's a lot of regulations so there's not going to be a lot of things from the U.S. that are over there. Uh, you can find some things, and there's some stores that have a special section for, like, food that are from close surrounding countries or America, that kind of thing. But most of the time you're going to get Norwegian brands. And they, I just think food tastes better over there because they have such a high... Um, regulation list. I tried to look up some of it and it just was very wordy but if you just google Norwegian food regulations you can get sidetracked and looked at all the different things but yeah food just tastes better. It's all kind of more homey if that makes sense. Just like old-fashioned good food. And um, one thing that I know Ulla's told me that they're really trying to get away from is palm oil, using that in any food. So if anything that you like has palm oil, Norway will not be carrying it unless they have been carrying it for a really long time and it's a known product that everyone really enjoys. They're not going to be carrying it. So I would pay attention to that if there's something that for some reason you really like to eat or really want. They're not going to have it. <laughs> But overall, food there, it really just does taste better. And I remember asking about organic food and that kind of thing, and I guess they have that there, but Ula was telling me you might as well just pay less and get the regular food because there is just such high regulation on stuff that for him, the difference isn't really that great because most of it just kind of almost is organic in a way. I mean, I don't really think it's 100% organic, but they're not using all the bad stuff that we use here. So, yeah, keep that in mind. I would do more research if organic is really your thing and researching what they use and this and that if you want to go and 
maybe you won't have to purchase or certain things that are typically organic or marked as organic because they might just already be naturally. When I was shopping around as well at different retail stores, I really wanted something to bring back to my family and friends and I just thought it'd be fun to find something with a Norwegian flag on it or something written with Norwegian writing on a t-shirt or just something and it was super hard. The only time that I found something that had Norwegian writing or a flag was in Oslo at a specialty almost souvenir shop or in the airport. Other than that when I was in stores I could only find stuff with the American flag or English writing. Like I had such a hard time. We walked the whole mall and I couldn't find anything. I settled on a sweater that was just like made in Norway and was really nice, but they do not have their flags plastered like we do in the U.S. I kind of, I guess I didn't realize until I came back that we have so much of our flag showing everywhere, but there they so do not. It's really hard to find Norwegian stuff. So. If you see something with a Norwegian flag or writing or something that you like, I would suggest getting it right then and there because the likelihood of you finding something else is very slim. So that's a little tidbit. If you find something, get it. <laughs> also, when you're shopping, keep in mind if you're driving somewhere, pretty much anywhere you go, you have to pay for parking. And I'm from the Midwest, so we really only pay for parking if we're downtown in, like, the main city. And everywhere else is just street parking. But there, pretty much anywhere you go, unless you're in the suburbs going to, like, a grocery store or, like, a main thing, you're going to pay for parking. So keep that in mind. You always have some spare money on you to devote to parking because it's really hard to find not paid parking somewhere that pretty much everything is and everyone's going to be fighting for it so if you plan to go to the mall they're going to make you park in a parking garage and you're going to have to pay some type of fee for it. When you go into Oslo itself though there does seem to be a lot of street parking but most of the time people are kind of on foot or by biking. We did a lot of biking when we were there. Um, and his sister and her boyfriend they all had these metro passes and their work I think maybe gives them some type of deal with that but we just took a bike and we biked around and it was so much easier and everything that you want to see in Oslo for the most part is really close to each other it's not hard to get around I kind of even start to remember where stuff's located in a general sense. I looked up how big it was, and it's about 175 square miles. And to give you some reference, Chicago's 234. So that kind of gives you an idea. But most of the stuff in Oslo that you want to see is in the same area. It's more when you kind of start to get out a little bit is where people live. So once you get to where you want to be, Pretty much everywhere is within a reasonable, like, biking distance. Like, if you want to walk, it's really not that bad. So, just keep that in mind. You don't need to drive to every single location in Oslo. They make it pretty easy for you to see the castle, go to the Nobel Peace Prize building, and just, it's not that hard. It's really, it's kind of nicely set up. What's also nice is that 
everyone in Norway, for the most part, speaks English. It's really nice. Like, everyone speaks English. I mean, they start teaching in elementary school, so pretty much everyone has a really good understanding. And people are willing to help you there. I would just recommend, too, that you're advocating for yourself if you want help. Because in Norway, people, when you're shopping, don't really come up to you and say, do you need help finding something? Do you need help? Where in the U.S., that's really what we do and we push for. So they're going to tend to leave you alone and do your own thing. But if you ask for help, they'll be really nice and help you. So that's just, like, one piece of advice is that, like, if you're going to go shopping or something, be prepared to go seek someone out versus them just running up to you right away. Also, that made me just remember, when you're shopping for anything in Norway, the tax is included in the price. So here, when we go to buy something in the U.S., each state has a certain amount of sales tax for each item that you buy. Um, the state that I live in is about 7%, but it's not on everything. So we basically break up what we put sales tax on, whether it's something that you need or something that you want. So a need would be like clothing and food. A want would be like fast food, junk food, going to see a movie, something like that, where it's, you don't need that, but you do need food and clothing. And so that's kind of how we differentiate. But when you're in Norway, you're gonna know what the price is automatically. You can just add it up in your head. You won't have to have that extra fee in your mind it's going to be marked out for you, which is super nice. So if you come to the U.S., research maybe a little bit about what states you're going to be in and what has tax on it. And don't be surprised if you're going to buy a coat in one state and you walk up to them and it's $20 more than you expected. That's just because different states have different taxes and for some reason we don't mark it. And I wish that we did, but we just don't. Alright, I have a few things left on my list that just came to mind when I was thinking of what are some things that I just noticed. So one thing that I noticed was that the showers, for the most part, are pretty small. It depends on, once again, like where you live and this and that, but if you're just in an apartment, for the most part what I saw is that if you're living in a more, um, like, preppy neighborhood if you walk into the bathroom the shower is more like a, a walk-in type shower but there's no tub there's never really a tub but then if you live in an apartment that's just like a modest suburb apartment it's a corner shower and it's really like you could it's just for yourself and I know that when I was in them it didn't feel claustrophobic it's all glass feels fine but I just noticed that it's very small and the same thing with when I went to cabins. Every time you went in a shower, it's just kind of like this corner shower. And I'm tall. I'm like 5'11". So when I had to shave, it was kind of like a weird juggling game. Where I'm like, uh, how am I going to balance and do this? But it's, it's, it's really fine. It's not a big deal. It's just like a weird thing where I noticed, hey, they have corner showers and smaller showers. And another weird thing, too, is since they just typically have the shower and not the bath attached to it, is that when you're showering, the bottom of the shower is the floor. 
Norwegian bathrooms are made to be super waterproof and watertight, so anytime you're in one of their bathrooms, it's gonna be like solidly built. Like there's nothing dripping anywhere. So when you shower, you're showering onto the tile floor. There's no bottom of the shower. We're here, we're used to more like a ceramic bottom or tiling, but it just the way that it's built is you have the shower and then there's this ring that goes around the bottom to keep it in but you're just showering on the floor that you get out to walk on. It just looked weird when I realized it. I was like, huh, there's no bottom. I just expected there to be a bottom. But I guess there's no point. So, I don't know. Just a weird little thing. Along with that, too, in the bathroom, toilets are different. So, when you go to a Norwegian toilet, the water level compared to in the United States is so much lower. Which, I don't know, I kind of like. I don't really see the point. I mean, mechanically, I see the point, but I don't really see the point of having just this really high water level. There, it's really low, where almost you're kind of like, oh, is this fine? Is this toilet broken? Like, no, it's not broken. That's how their toilets look. They also don't have the back tank to their toilets, which we're kind of used to. Unless you're in a public toilet, you don't really necessarily see the back of the toilet tank. But in Norway, they don't have the tank in any home, really. And they don't have... Uh, a lever that you push down to flush it's a button so just a couple weird little things there it's like yeah they have European toilets <laughs> they're different and also with that and public toilets if you have to go to the bathroom in public you have to pay for some reason when I was there and I whenever I had to go to the bathroom in public I never had to pay for it uh, one time I was in a gas station I didn't have to pay for it another time was in a restaurant didn't have to pay for it. I was at a festival and they just had outside uh, like porta potties, which were super nice, which was weird, but didn't have to pay for it. And when you have to pay for the bathroom, though, it's nothing crazy. It's probably like a quarter, a dime, I don't know, something really small like that. So once again, another reason to just keep some random pocket change or whatever. But yeah, I didn't really have an issue with it, but I know that it exists. So I'll just throw that out there that it might happen to you. It didn't happen to me, but don't be alarmed if someone's like, yeah, you have to pay to use our bathroom. Like, it could happen. <laughs> and the final last thing that I have for you guys today is paper. Really weird, but writing paper is different in Norway than in the U.S. So I had some friends come here and they brought their own notebooks. And they're a different size. They're a lot they just feel longer, which I really liked. It seemed like it was easier to write with and deal with, and I just liked it. And the difference is about an inch, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it just, it is. It just feels bigger. Um, I mean, they have special dimensions. I'll try to link the website for all that and any other website that I kind of came across to help me explain a few differences. But yeah, but I really liked it. I thought it was classy. <laughs> I would definitely use it if they sold it here. I'll just tell you that. It looked like it made school a lot easier. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for you guys today. Unfortunately, Ula's sick at home, so he wasn't able to help us out today or give us some little inside information. But hopefully next week he'll be on the men's and can give us some of his opinions on some other things that I thought would be fun to talk about. Next week, I think, 
I'll have him talk about their vacation or holiday time because he knows a lot more about that than I do. We'll talk about a few of the trips that we went on that were more holiday or vacation type trips that someone would take if they lived in Norway. So climbing their fjords, we went rafting, we went to a spa kind of sauna place, um, how they travel to nearby countries, uh, our skiing trip in the mountain. Um, I think we'll try to sneak in there a little bit about their, their government system. So talking about the king and queen, how you can visit the castle, maybe a little bit more about the Nobel Peace Prize building that they have there and how they give out the prize and maybe we can talk a little bit about if you want to go and do these things, the transportation options that you have or the different discounts you can get and different things like that. It's all up in the air right now. We'll see how Ula's feeling next week. If he feels better, we can get into this stuff. Otherwise, I think we'll wait and I'll do another episode by myself and then wait for him to get better so he can explain some of these things better than I would be able to. But with that, I think that's all I have for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in and I'll have another episode up next week. Bye!